Hello. Welcome to the uh, first ever No Breaking Podcast. Second ever No Breaking Podcast. Although we're doing it in a reverse order. We're time hopping. We're, we we're, are. This is not appointment viewing. <laughs> we're doing it We're doing it out of sync. It's like a Tarantino movie of podcasts. Which, it is. Which means it'll be overwrought and probably not very good because it's 2018. And he's what's he doing now? Uh, who knows? We're complaining mostly, I think. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, you uh, may, maybe recognize James... Uh, because he's super internet famous from being in, in cars on video with such internet celebrities as Matt Farah. Soon to be guest on the No Breaking Podcast, Matt Farah. Mm. Really? I thought we were going on his show. Uh, he's going to come on ours. Oh, okay. You're going to, with the with the, the, the chloroform and the... Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm not it, talking about what you do, Carl. I'm just going to have him around here, kind of the elder. I have fun. You should have him yeah. sorted. I have fun. Uh, anyway, yeah. So this is the No Breaking Podcast, and um, we're stoked because we have two really excellent guests who uh, took some time. One of them is on a trip. He is. He doesn't even live here, and he nope. came all the way. Flew to, all the way purely for Specifically for this podcast. To, to Jimmy McKeon, cub reporter's house. And only for this podcast. And then and then the other guy lives here, but we're glad that he's here, too. Well, he but lives he, at the beach. He's in the beach from the city, south. So. From the south. I mean, he may as well live it. Yeah, he may as well live in another state. Basically, yeah. San Diego. I mean, it takes like four hours to get here. It's only 17 miles, but yeah. that's just... That's the way traffic It took us four hours to get here today <laughs> in a very roundabout way. All right. Well, gentlemen, introduce yourselves to the people at home. I am Nick Quarta from Beeline Coffee, and to my... Well, opposite of me is... Uh, I'm Austin Cabot. I uh, run a track day company called Speed Ventures and work for an another event company called Grid Life. We figured out today that Austin probably puts in excess of 20,000 individuals a year onto racetracks and yes. then gets them to try to be sort of safe about it. It's yeah, if you, add, if you add everything up between all of the events between the two companies, it's, uh, it's okay. a lot. Yeah. So how many instructors do you scare then? Uh, a lot, actually. That's what I was going to say. A yeah. lot. Yeah. Austin's I, sort of doing God's work as far as track goes. Yeah, so. he, I was going to say doing the Dark Lord's work. <laughs> walking the left-hand path, friend. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that's awesome. Thanks for being here we, in James's um, very lovely dining room at his nice table. I yeah. like it very much. We it's, try. It's nice here. It's already been plying me with beer. So yeah. Oh yeah. We got the good stuff. Yeah. That's how we do it here. It's better than that podcast I did with Brad Brownell in a hotel room with four guys. Yeah. That's well. Yeah. When you describe it like that, <laughs> you know, there's yeah. That's, yeah, that's what not, it was. Let's not go into detail, show with that one. <laughs> yeah. That was a video podcast, right? No. Oh. No. Okay. Oh, that was that was I something unreleased, else. Sorry. Unreleased. Sorry. Video. Unreleased. Video. <laughs> Wasn't supposed to bring that one up. Ooh. Ugh. Touchy. So I guess let's. Um, yeah. Let's. I mean, let's start with Nick. Uh, you run Beeline Coffee, which I is do. great. It's delicious. Thanks. It's Good delightful. Coffee. Yeah, I will admit to being initially extremely skeptical when uh, when I was like, "Why does it? Why does there have to be car coffee? What's this? this? I mean, what's going on?" And then and then you made the mistake of sending me some coffee for free to my mailbox. I did. And I drank it immediately. And he was addicted. Yeah, it's really, it's really good. So it is good. It, it's we try to make great coffee, and then we sort of are just inevitably car people, and so that's how we operate. Um, and yeah, absolutely, it has to be a great product. I think a great many uh, car affiliated brands sort of just throw some some uh, um, car iconography onto a package of otherwise innocuous goods of dubious quality, and you end up with. People the, that are skeptical. Yeah, I mean that shit's so, for the Tommy Bahama crowd. Yeah, and exactly. You know what? They deserve it. That's all uh, I'm say. So no, we just try to we try to make the best possible coffee that we can and distribute it to people like us who happen to be gearheads and uh, maybe eccentrics and people who like to build stuff. Sure. So the bottom line is, if you wear jorts and you you drive an automatic Corvette C6, <sighs> you probably can't not drink for you. my coffee. Don't buy Beeline. You probably won't Don't find us. Frankly. Save it for the rest yeah. of us. Yeah. Exactly. 
We don't want this thing to get too big. No. Let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is, this is a hundred extra at best. It's going to start having an application process to purchase the coffee. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's right. very special. Like the coastal range rally. In fact. Oh, there we go. So, and, and Austin, give us, give me, give us some of your, your background. Cause um, speed ventures is if you're in Southern California and you drive, uh, you're interested in driving cars, that's a pretty, pretty well-known name. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're, we're one of the largest, uh, we do 28 events a year. Um, Mostly in SoCal. That's, that's, that's considered a shitload, I think. Yeah, yeah. like every other weekend. Yeah. Every other weekend. So it is it is a full-time job managing that and managing emails and phone calls to make sure everything is is running uh, perfectly for the upcoming events. So it's it's a lot. Uh, and then in the summertime, I fly back and forth between here and Chicago for all of our Grid Life events, too, which isn't associated with Speed Ventures, but um, still more track events. Right. And so there's there's Grid Life at, at, um, in Michigan? Yep. And then there's at Road Atlanta, too. Yeah, those are our big festivals. We okay. also have other supporting events, too. So, like, next month in April, I'm going to uh, to Mid-Ohio okay. for round one of our track battle series. Rad. Yeah, Thank so you. I wasn't aware, uh, actually, until I started uh, and went to Grid Life Road Atlanta last year, that you guys run a whole series of time attack races across the country. Yeah. As well as the festivals. So right. There's really a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. And you know, this past year through Power Stop Breaks, one of our, you know, main sponsors for Grid Life Track Battle, they're also the, the primary break or only break provider for Bondurant. Hmm. So for our class winners, um, all f- four of our main class winners got to go to a four day Bondurant school uh, just Whoa. last week, actually. That's pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I know those guys had a good cool. time. I wish I could have made it. And but. they probably didn't scare the instructors as much being no, as they won their classes. No, not at all. If you know what you're doing, it's impossible to scare an instructor. Yeah, they're, they're made of sterner stuff than that, James, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. So, uh, backgrounds. I mean, how did you guys get into cars, bikes, etc.? Et because... You know, it's, it's important to find out. You got to find out. You got. We got to get your your uh, your credentials. Origin story. All right. Yes, that's right. Your origin story. Straight into a couch. Give us get the, into give it. Us, give us the am Kim Jong Kim Jong Un version people, people of your are origin. People looking story. at me as am I first. Yeah, sure. Okay, so uh, I grew up in a shop that restores old Jags mostly. Um, we've done a bunch of other things over the years, but uh, basically, my uncle and my father uh, have worked variously part time and full time uh, rebuilding Series One E types to like Concours levels of restoration. And also building those cars uh, as track vehicles. So um, mm. we've been developing the Series 1 platform as a, as a race car, first in a coupe and then a roadster for probably longer than I've frankly been alive, like 30 plus years. Sure. And um, so now it's uh, we have super fast vintage Jags that weigh about 2,100 pounds and make about 400 horse. And those run an SVRA, a couple customer cars. And... Um, the rest of the day-to-day at the shop is cranking out restorations because those early E-types and 120s go for real good money now. Sure. And they do have a nasty habit of returning to the earth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We find them in amazingly bad condition. You know, pull properly rusty cars out of oftentimes the southeast where we are. That's good. um, And then, you know, bring them back to life with a lot of sheet metal work and... um, and make them real nice. And, You're always and, thinking, being yeah. as they're British, just be spit and polished and be straight back on well, the road. Well, yeah, as you would expect. But as it turns out, a few British cars over the years have been known to rust a little. Just a, like just a just, skosh. Just a bit. Skosh. Yeah. And then there's apparently the thing about electrics as well, problems with that. Yeah, I don't know uh, what the deal is. I mean, Lucas was I, a saint. It's very clearly marked when you open the hood, positive earth. But some folks in this part of the world don't really understand that and so at some point in the 70s they tried to do something and they let all the smoke out of the wiring harness 
Yeah. Luckily, they sell extra. They do. They do. So, like, I grew up in this shop, and it was just, uh, uh, all of my life has been around cars, and most of them old ones. And um, I just caught the bug, got into motorcycles because I couldn't afford cars as a young man, really. You know, when you grow up, uh, sort of champagne budget and uh-huh. high life, or champagne taste and high life budget. Uh, so I started riding bikes when I was 17 because I couldn't afford a sweet race car. Mm-hmm. Makes and, sense. And, uh, yeah, if it's got a motor... And um, it drives wheels or it drives like a, like a cutting head, like a lathe or a mill or something. Mm-hmm. I'm into it. All right. Uh, maybe even a, a sewing machine if it's yeah. got a nice enough motor on it. We're, you know, we're not normative here. <laughs> yeah. And that's fine. That's and, good. Uh, and that's, um, that's my background with cars. So Top that. Austin. Balls no, pressure. Cool. no pressure. No pressure. I grew up uh, with a father who was uh, military. Okay. Um, but also was very into cars. Not into performance driving, just into cars. Um, which kind of carried through, you know, through my uh, childhood. Um, I was born in Germany. My dad actually bought a 1977 911 SC nice. and brought it back stateside when we moved. And apparently my mom would take me to visit him in the military shop because at one point in time there were shops on military bases where GIs could work on their vehicles. Yeah, uh, I used to go there apparently and sit and watch and my dad likes to joke that my first word was Porsche. Although recently my mom has told me that that's not true. It just makes for a good story. Okay. Um, yeah. But grew up around that. Um, I wasn't going to call you on it, but... Yeah. My, uh, my first car was a uh, 1990 uh, C4 Corvette uh, Cabrio Power Wheels. Oh man. Yeah. Nice. So I got that when I was about two or three and wow. I used to drive it all the time. Like my parents had to buy multiple batteries because all I cared about was driving. Sure. Didn't matter what it was. Uh, my cousins had Power Wheels Jeeps, would steal that. And then had just always been into cars. At 12, I actually moved to the Atlanta area to a suburb there where golf carts were all the rage. It's a place called Peachtree City. High school has a golf cart parking lot at it. Amazing. Um, and it's you could drive. dream right there. Yeah, you could. I mean, there were That's like 100 miles of golf cart trails around the community. <sighs> so grew up with that. At 15, you could drive a golf cart by yourself to school. And also at night, messing around with friends, racing them, jumping them, stuff like that. Hopefully my dad does not listen to this. Hey, um, well, I think but, maybe he doesn't. So, um, and around that same time when I got my driver's license, my dad was starting to get into motorcycles and um, had me take the MSF course so we could ride motorcycles together. It was something we could do together, but not really necessarily have to talk to each other while we were doing. That's really important. most 16, for, 17, yeah. 18 year old boys will understand. That's nice. a thing. Yeah. So, and that culminated in the summer after I graduated high school, we took like a 3,500 mile trip over nine days, um, on our respective bikes together. And it was a great time. Um, when I got into college, started getting into bikes a little bit more and then had some friends that got hurt and decided to purchase a Honda S2000 and autocross that, ran it in the canyons a lot. Well, mountains, out here it's canyons, but mountains. And my dad, uncle, and grandfather actually owned a store at the Tail of the Dragon when I was in college. So I'd go up there in the summertime, work the store, usually close the store up around nine, have paperwork done by 10, and then go drive all night. Um, So that's kind of how I got into that, then started autocrossing. Three weeks after I graduated, went and did my first track day. And it slowly snowballed from there and just did tons and tons of track days, started instructing, competing, and just got really, really deep in it. So that's kind of how I, I ended up where I am now on the event side of things. Okay. Um, just having experience going to a lot of different events and uh, now running events. So, whoa. Guys, so, like, pretty, pretty varied history, but heavy, yeah. he- heavy hitters yeah. for yeah. episode two here. <laughs> not lightweights, yeah. as it turns out. Not like, not like me and James. We're, no, deep, we're deep in this. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, what do you guys, what are you, what are you driving slash riding now? I mean, 
I, I know you're, you're having some uh, minor WR250 problems. Oh, no, we just, we just took care of those sure. as of like 20 minutes ago. Everything is good there. Everything's nice. coming up, Austin. So, yeah, I had to, uh, to kind of let you know a little background on that. I had a, a friend that was in town. I have two motorcycles currently, uh, 2014 Triumph Street Triple and an 08 WR250X Supermoto. And when friends come to town, I let them ride bikes while, you know, we're riding together. And my buddy, one of my best friends from high school was out riding that bike in Santa Monica, lane splitting, first time to California, first time riding a motorcycle in California. Tasting the forbidden fruit. Yeah, and may have had a little incident with a uh, 2017 Kia Sorento. Oh, so they're everywhere. It's about $1,800 in damage. No one the, expects them. The driver of that vehicle um, decided, like, asked us not to call the, the cops. Uh-huh. And later on, we found out why it, it appears as though he didn't have a license. So, so very interesting there. So the past week, I've been going back and forth with insurance. But wow. I've got those two bikes, and I also have a uh, 97 Ford E350 ambulance. Sweet. Uh, it's been decommissioned, but so no fun car for me at the moment. But I get to drive I thought that a lot would be of other the perfect track car, though. It is the perfect track car. It's the perfect um, track support vehicle. Yeah, it is. The, the worst part about having an ambulance, though, and taking it to the track is that uh, no matter how good your day goes you're always leaving the track in an ambulance that's true so, so there you go. that's the only bad part but um, uh, how about you nick what uh you got? so i at the moment have a cb750 that is uh not in pieces it's a roller um but uh i don't have any motorcycles I, I used to have exclusively motorcycles and i swung wildly the other direction so i've got this cb750 custom that has ducati 1098 front and rear suspension on it we're building some wow, okay some tins for it so making custom um body work and i'm hoping to have that done by the end of the year so i can have something to ride um and i have a land river discovery too that mm, i have ambitions yes. of driving from the east coast to here on the west coast to spend time with you fine people off road i can't see you having any problems whatsoever in that car uh so far i've owned it sh- 10 months maybe and i've only fixed it on the side of the road twice so it's pretty good feeling pretty good that's like that's like you every week isn't it really kyle (laughs) yeah yeah well i mean should we we not talk about that i bought a british motorcycle because i needed (sighs) something reliable to get around town oh you're you're trying to give me trouble no never okay it's that thing starts every time it's it's It's, like it's the germans that's oh the germans yeah damn mercedes that never works yeah i know that is a saga yeah which we talk about a lot i love it and then so my wife uh uh, has an SLK 55 AMG uh, R171. Excellent. Which is a fun little car that uh, that she mostly drives. So I'm in the big hulking Land Rover, and um, and she's in the fun little sports car. Hmm. But I sold some toys to start this company, and that's where I'm at at the moment. Um, talking to people like Austin about a track car in the future. All right. That would be fun. And then hopefully we'll get to build some some custom motorcycles because those are they're nice little bite-sized projects when you compare them to a car. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, uh, it, it, the, the, the numbers are a lot easier to swallow. Yeah. 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 And it's, you know, if you're going to do something like make a fuel tank, it's a lot easier than making, a, say, the, you know, coach building a body for your custom tank. But it, you know, who would have yeah. thought that? Yeah. It's just everything's smaller. And yeah. And so, um, yeah, really looking forward to doing some of that and riding with you guys. Yeah, doing some exciting. bike stuff. We'll let James have him climb on the back of the Triumph. Yeah, Anytime. so we'll, we're, do, we'll uh, do the whole will, cool as ice will, thing. It'll be great. There will be an option for uh, for a pillion passenger, and uh, I could think of no one. As long as we can race, than <laughs> James. Yeah, well, yeah. I have I have ridden it. down uh, Abbott Kinney with one of my buddies um, that works at Ibach. Mm-hmm. He's about two hundred and forty pounds. Uh, had him on the back of my bike. That was awesome. We were waving at everybody. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. 
It was awesome. I who's, who's spent be more time on the back of motorcycles than I care to acknowledge. Uh, I I've, I've never, the idea of having somebody on the back of my motorcycle freaks me out. Oh, really? Just to, to no end. You don't take the misses? No, because I love my wife. She's a wonderful, tolerant woman, but she's six one. Yeah. Um, You're not and, small people. No, no. We're not hobbit-sized. Um, and Thanks. my motorcycle's not small. Um, so I feel like that's just a lot of up-high weight. It's true, yeah. I, yeah. All of my first dates with my wife were actually on a motorcycle. Uh, I was a bit of a dirtbag when I met her, and that's all I had was an 885 speed triple with so straight you gave pipes. So you gave her the Tom Cruise Top Gun. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I pulled up with the aviators on. Yeah. She never stood a chance. <laughs> yeah. That's a beautiful that thought. triumph to tell you how far they've come. Uh, that was the first reissue of you know the first Hinkley bikes, right? 1995. Oh man, and I had a first year that was a little rough around the edges. This was like 2005, 10, 10 years later. Mm-hmm. The Kian carburetors, I'm sorry, the Makunis. If I'd had the Kians, it would have been a sweet life. But the Makunis, they wore out their their needles every I don't know five to seven hundred miles. <laughs> So you'd basically just spend your whole life working on carburetors for the for as long as you own the bike. Sure. And well, uh, what are the the Makunis? What are the Makunis a copy of? Are they the copy of the SU? No, that's the Solex. No, that's the Solex. Yeah. No, yeah. these were the first. They they were just they weren't the first. Because for like there were some carburetor, early. There's like a Japanese copy of that yes. carburetor. That's inevitably better i think this mccuni was the copy of a better kian okay, <laughs> so they go. had these plastic this is inside, xerox is xerox. inside baseball here but the the slide guides were plastic and they mm-hmm. would wear and so then once they wore you couldn't replace them and the slide would just knock around sure so the solution for these triumphs was literally that a company out here on the west coast would make titanium needles All so right. they would last longer i like it uh, but yeah, it was a, it was a sweet little bike, my speed triple, but I had to, I just had the carbs off of it like every other weekend. Yeah. That was a, that was a thing when I was bike shopping is I was, I really like, I looked at a couple old bikes or semi old bikes and I was like, I don't want to mess with it. I don't want to deal with carburetors. I don't yeah. want to deal with anything. It's so nice. They're so reliable now. I yeah. mean, even a really exotic motorcycle, you can just park it for just a couple like months. Cars. One day Kyle might find that out. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I guess just the cost of entry is a lot higher. I have a sweet, sweet bike for the cost of a Kia Sorento. It's true. <laughs> it's true. No, my bike is like it's a it's a fifteen Tiger XCX. It's loaded. It has everything. It has fucking cruise control. What motorcycles have? It's absurd. It's absurd. Do you have the heated grips? You bet. Two stages, oh, buddy. You have the heated yeah. seat or no? No, no. The, okay. They didn't have the heated seat in fifteen. You okay. could get it on the XC. A, which is like the even more baller version that came out in the, the, the year after but like that like a full set of like aluminum bags um like everything in the alt rider catalog the whole thing that was a revzilla project bike wasn't all it all the unfortunately it was yeah, yeah. how I love how we, I love how this is a car <laughs> podcast and we've gotten off on a tangent on motorcycles. Yeah. I don't know what this podcast it's a, it's a, is. It's a wheeled things it's podcast. It's a wheeled, podcast. wheeled things. So on wait a till roll. we get to the Razor wheeled Scooter things. portion Just call of the podcast. It on a roll. Yeah. There we go. And BMXing. Oh god, yeah. Oh BMX. So I yes. uh, I am always happy to run into you guys when I come to town, and you're very you're very kind to humor me and have me on the show. Uh, but <laughs> oh, you're I, the one that's happy to hear. You know, from us. I okay. I haven't uh, I haven't had a lot of time to catch up with you. I think since last fall. So what's what's uh, happening with with Kyle and James of the? Well, Kyle, maybe you should start it off. Yeah. Since you've got mon- many many more things you could talk about than I can. Oh boy, Kyle bought a motorcycle. I did. I yeah. did. And was, it was none of the ones. Of LA to Barstow to Vegas. And a lot of sweet accessories. Yeah, you picked it up that weekend, didn't you? Yeah, so what happened with that, um, Spurgeon and his buddy Steve Camrad, they... Uh, Are these real names? Yeah. Right. 
I, I, well, yeah, I don't. Who knows? That's a weird. It's a Spurgeon. Spurgeon weird, weird, and Camrad. He's a sweet man. He looks like he looks like um, he got lost on the way to a Mark Marin cosplay convention. <laughs> but well, he's a sweet man. It's like that game that we were playing on the way here. Homeless or hip? Yeah, it's a great homeless it's a great or hipster. Game. It's a very difficult game to play when you're here. <laughs> it's right now. In LA. Yeah, yeah. The stakes really go up when you get to, when you get, get out here. Um, yeah, no. Yeah, he he. Uh, they trucked it out to Barstow. They rode it. No, they trucked it out to Vegas. Rode from Vegas to Barstow on the freeway. And then did the LA to Barstow to Vegas off-road ride on adventure bikes with Avi from Bicurious. And then I bought it directly after. Like, half the Mojave Desert was still in it. Like, pretty much. Um, and then I rode it home from Vegas. Straight so how did you get you to Vegas? straight to Starbucks. I flew it. To, you flew? Okay. Yeah, like that a, was always a mystery to me. Because I, I like saw you pick the bike up on Instagram. <laughs> like... I'm not a dummy. Like the drive or ride to from Vegas is the worst thing. Yeah, it's it so bad. stupid. I, I did the ride to Vegas on like on my first day of my big trip, and it was just miserable. It's not. It was 111 nothing. degrees too. It was. Yeah. Oh, it was miserable. Yeah, yeah it's so that's when that cruise control comes in. You can air out the armpits. Oh yeah, buddy, <laughs> that's beautiful. Anyway, yeah. So um, since uh, since I last saw you, well, I got a I got a new job. I'm now I'm now fully employed. I'm no longer uh, a ward of the state. All right, which is nice. Um, I, and I'm working for still uh, stamping license plates, but yeah, it's close enough. <laughs> I'm on parole. Um, yeah, I work. For, so yeah, I'm, I'm working for a, a blog called Roadshow, um, which is the automotive uh, uh, arm of CNET, which is pretty rad. Very cool. Yeah, I write the news, fake news, exclusively, and it keeps you very busy on some days. Oh, on God. certain days, every day, every day. Boy, how about you, James? Well, I'm still very much the same. I mean, we've still got the Malabruza. Just as humble as always. That's Valiant what I love about is it. still rolling along. And then we've got, which actually Valiant was out of action though for 12 weeks. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. I know, right? That's what happens when you get these foreign cars. Yeah, what, what possibly could have kept you interred for 12 weeks? It was uh, the gearbox challenges. So instead of send me a new gearbox, which they probably have maybe one or two lying around Chevrolet. They sent you a number of gears in a box. They essentially uh, two small parts was what I was waiting on for several several weeks. Oh, no. And I was able to get the joy of having a Chevy Traverse as my uh, daily mm-hmm. driver. So would there you say you your car was imported from Detroit? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. I still drive imports. They're just from Detroit. <laughs> and then obviously we've got um, Bella, the uh, Fiat 500e running on it is uh, Momo and uh, R888R R tires for maximum grip that you need. You should bring that uh, out to the track. The The problem is getting there. You can make it in two days. I have a trailer. Well, if you could trailer, that'd be even better. What if we make make him flat to it behind the Impala or the the Malibu? I would like to trailer a small, like a small open trailer with a generator on it and charge the Fiat on the way there. I do have a generator too. There you go. There you go. Yeah, you do that. that? Can we tether? Or you flat tow it. And I think flat towing it would technically. A small generator, I think would probably fit in the boot of one of those. And you don't even need a trailer. You just roll the back windows down. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Run the extension cord in through the sunroof. Like, done. Like this. Good to oh, go. This is good See, we're all, I'm fine with that. <laughs> I want. I would love yeah, to track so, the car. You know, you saw BMW did that uh, like longest drift with the with the remote refuel. Yeah, yeah. that this was would awesome. Be, this would be basically just like that, but we would be on the way to Buttonwillow, and we would be charging the Fiat on the 405. I wonder how hard it'd be to drive that thing across country that way. <laughs> 
I think it's... Someone call Alex Roy. I have triple A. We could totally <laughs> yeah. do it. I, so I've got triple A. We could all do it. All triple yeah. A. Yeah, uh, we could each. Yeah, we could each use our our, our like the West yeah. Coast. Yeah. Everybody Ford, upgrades Fiat to premium, and yeah. then and then we're good. The worst yeah. part would be what if you stuffed all four of us in a Fiat 500e? Well, that would be. We could. I can see that being a problem. A, it could be a marathon podcast. <laughs> actually, Nick yeah. and I could definitely fit in the back. It wouldn't be that. Yeah, bad I was gonna say this is actually this is okay. This is a group. This is the group you do. That's the right the right mix. Um. Yeah. No, that that car is silly because I've never driven. Your wife crashed I've into a male model. Electric. No, the male model oh. crashed into her. Yeah, unfortunately. Oh, I really thought you were going to say Dave male. Matthews playing I in the car say crashed box, into me. But no. because no. LA it turns out to be a male model, yeah, I was no. just really glad <laughs> it wasn't at the petrol station. To no, be James, honest, James, he 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 texted me to tell me like Grace's crashed into a male model. That's what she because that's how the voice in which I read all of James' texts. Let's just clarify this again, Carl, before I get in trouble with Grace. It was the male model. Turning right into Grace. Oh, oh, male models right only turn right. left. Uh, no, this one's he'd been well, he, the. Oh, he, he, okay. he didn't okay. turn he right very often. Okay. So. <laughs> well, he he was entranced by the iridescent orange color of the car. He yes. couldn't help himself. It, he could, and he was in a Prius. Oh, so the, yeah, that's just natural attraction. I could have. Sp- oh, so I, he was in a car. I thought. Oh, I thought I he thought was on foot. He was on yeah, foot. Yeah. Yeah. that would have been much better. <laughs> yeah. But it probably would have done less damage. Well, no, I mean, male model. He's probably got rock hard pecs. That would have definitely done some damage in the body work. And he was just going to Hawaii to shoot the following day. Mm. It's just, it's, it's tough out here. It is. Los Angeles, you know, people don't realize. Yeah. Was what it in you... winter too, where he had a parka on when it was like 55 degrees? Um, I believe he had a scarf as well. <laughs> he had a bare chest, parka, plum smugglers and Ugg boots. Sucks. And that's what he was, that's what he was in. Yeah, so, for yeah, sure. So that's what's been happening in the last couple of months. That's exciting. That's really well, exciting. It sounds eventful for both of you. Yeah. So what, uh, uh, Nick? You're you're as we had kind of mentioned. You're you're not from here. You're you're in I'm you're in town. From, I'm not from. You here. ain't from around here, boy. Are you? But he will be here almost every second week, right? For the next couple of weeks. Yeah, that's yeah. the the we've got a little ritual for the spring where I come out uh, biweekly, and then Austin and I uh, we drive rental cars in the canyons. That's a sweet. And, that's a sweet ritual. You know, hang out with guys like you. So it's not too bad. He pays for Pretty gas good. and lets me drive. Yeah. So yeah, it's a win-win. It's, like it's, a, it's almost I, like a sugar daddy I just also, for driving. I also get free uh, performance driving instruction. Well, there you go. Which is uh, oh, that's good. It's a two much free cheaper than the cost of uh, a Turo and although, some gas. Although sometimes the instruction is me driving the car, telling him what I'm doing. So he gets the short end of the stick <laughs> yeah. there. Well, so what I do is I I go I take I say. This rental car, Austin, I'd like you to drive it. And then Austin shows me where the limits of grip are, and then I drive it. And, and, so and, limits, crash. and the limits of grip are exactly what the speed limit is. Isn't that correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah always. Well, we're fortunate to have exactly some tight, the posted some speed tight limit. canyon roads where the posted speed limit is a, a thrilling drive. Yeah, uh, Decker Canyon, I think, would, would definitely qualify for we that. We came down Decker yeah. in the Aspen. Yeah. Nick we was did. driving. We yeah. did, yeah. There's that one, that was a lot there's of fun. that one, like, down Decker is always a little a more fun the, than uh, up Decker. Especially, there's that one right-hander that's, like, kind of downhill and cambered, but yeah. super tight. That was interesting. The British brakes, uh, they got a little warm, but they, mm-hmm. they held nicely. I took, I took the Mercedes up Decker once. To because uh, I was trying to get to my other my last job I had I was trying to get to like the Christmas party there I was like I got this I got this just crank the window down like drop it into S yeah. mat the gas all all 150 horsepower in my ancient Mercedes it's just heaving from side to side the bus size steering wheel they're kind of fun that it. way sometimes it was terrifying and yeah. it boy that Exciting. those brakes smelled bad Exciting. by the time I got there. So I had a 560 SL that I rented on again on Toro. Shout out to them. Oh, that's that was, uh, yeah, when you're for here, Radwood. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Radwood Anaheim, and that thing was a pretty good. I had it for four or five days, put mm-hmm. a number of miles on it, quite reliable. 
So everything you could expect from a 30-year-old car on a, you know, rental app. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I went out to Malibu Kitchen with some of the guys uh, afterwards, and that drive was sort of up Mulholland in that area. Sure. Chasing guys in 911s mm-hmm. in a 560 drop top with your wife in the passenger seat. Yeah. That is an eventful experience. It turns out that V8 weighs a couple pounds. Yeah, the yeah. V8, yeah. It's kind of and, heavy. And the, I mean, just the boat-like steering. Oh, yeah. It's like a double-sized sure steering wheel, too. The steering wheel's extra yeah. large. They're huge. Yeah. Like you know, you know why Mercedes has and the giant steering wheels or had for so there's long? There's about, I think, 60 degrees of steering play before anything happens. That's for What's, safety purposes. So you don't, you have <laughs> to make sure. The, the large steering wheel is <laughs> yeah, for safety it, purposes? It is a, for safety purposes. Yeah. Um, so you can make very incremental adjustments. Here's the thing. Mercedes, is, in their infinite wisdom, being German, is like, we don't trust this power steering, okay? So we need to give the people something to do if the power <laughs> steering fails. So they have the giant wheel. So if, if my car won't start, which it frequently doesn't, yeah. I can move it around. No problem. <laughs> that's because you've got some leverage. They need the yeah. leverage. Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, that's fastidious of them. Uh as long as you're not trying to drive in the canyons, delightful, delightful sure. car. Yeah. yeah, like there's some cars that are just excellent cruisers. Like yeah. mm-hmm. driving dynamics be damned. Yeah, mm-hmm. like an ambulance. For They're example. just yeah. My ambulance is an awesome cruiser, but the moment I throw it into a corner, I start kind of like puckering a little bit. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Turns, well, you know. turns out the driving dynamics and liftoff oversteer in the ambulance is not quite right. Yeah, not yeah. so great. Although I did get to drift it when I was in Portland, oh, driving it to oh, Seattle man. in the middle of an ice storm. Okay. Turns okay. out 8,200 pounds is actually surprisingly stable on ice. Hmm. So just a little bit of counter steer. Do what? Is it a dually in the... Uh, no, no, it's oh. actually, it's a van body one. So I can oh, easily okay. park yeah. it on the street line, yeah. in LA. That completely changes all of my mental yes. images. No, it's not on. the big aluminum box. Which would be also be pretty rad. I wish it would. The, the biggest problem is it, it's parked on the street in South Bay. Yeah. And yeah. that would stick out. And I'm sure like probably five people would hit it every Just bounce week. off it, hopefully. Uh, potentially. Yeah, that's the potentially. way you think of it. Just, you just get a couple dash cams. You put it on the street. Oh, okay. There we go. Look at this picture. Yeah. Yeah. You, 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 get, you get one of the big box ones. You put it on the street. You get a couple dash cams. Position seal catch just, license plate just and just wait start, to collect interest. Just, yeah, just start fucking collecting checks. It's actually man. pretty good. Yeah. That's a good idea. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's it. So we're going to fund this podcast from now on. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's going to buy ambulances and just wait for them to get run into. Redondo Beach. Just give a little nudge. <laughs> just, just a quick clip <laughs> if you want to support the podcast. That's right. It's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a new. Please make sure stream. your plate is visible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're not really into Patreon, so we really want yeah. to, to get yeah. in on, on a, on a yeah. grassroots more kind of a, of a bumper car sort of thing. That's yeah. right, exactly. Um, so I mean, yeah. So let's let's uh, speed ventures, grid life. Like these things are kind of all about getting people in cars, right? Getting them super excited about driving on a track and having fun and having fun and like that's something that I mean, I I, I come from Seattle. Where we have a couple tracks. We have more now than we did when I was growing up. We had like two. Uh, one of which was an airfield with cones, and that wasn't great. Um, but like here, there's so many places to go drive your car. There's so many different like track day options and, and stuff. Like how, what, like what are the economics of that like? I mean, like how do you, like how do you get people to do speed ventures as opposed to one of the other companies? And how do you like go about like, choosing which tracks you're going to book at and that kind of stuff. Like, You know, Speed Ventures has been around for a long time. I think started in 2001 by a man uh, named Aaron Bitterman, mm-hmm. um, who actually lives pretty close to here, actually. Okay. Um, but he started it. Um, and at this point, having doing 
having done events for so long, he kind of has his prime pick for the schedule. Oh, okay. So, like, I spent this weekend at Chuckwalla Valley Raceway, about halfway to Phoenix, out in Desert Center, California. Uh-huh. Um, and we stay away from there when it's hot. And luckily, Aaron has been around long enough that he's able to do that. You know, that track is the only track that I know of that shuts down for pretty much the whole summer. Like, there's nothing going on there just because it's so hot. You know, it gets to be 115, 120 degrees out there. exactly ideal temperature. You get two laps in before your tires turn to grease, Although, I do think they could probably rent it out to manufacturers for, Mm -hmm. like, torture testing during that time. So, but yeah, I mean, as far as that goes, we do 28 events a year with Speed Ventures. Um, and it's it's really just a, a place where anybody that wants to get their car on track can come. I mean, we have people that are ranked beginners that have never driven on track before that we facilitate them getting on track with instruction and classroom time and mm-hmm. things like that. Uh, we also have people that have been driving for longer, way longer than Speed Ventures has even been around that come out. Now, we also support a couple wheel-to-wheel racing series, okay. such as the Super Miata series, um, mm, the V8 yeah. road, race, road Race West guys, um, so like stock cars and mm-hmm. stock, like pretty much all the circle track cars converted mm-hmm. into road course cars. Oh um, my God. They'll Which race with a, us occasionally. Looks like a Same thing. a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. There's also a new class that's gaining a lot of momentum now too that, that races with us um, called Spec Corvette. So it's all C5 Corvettes. That, that also have sounds specific suspension. to my interest. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, there, there's a lot of things that you can do. Now at the top level, it's our wheel to wheel stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also support a lot of different challenges between mm-hmm. makes and models. So there's Beamer Challenge, S2K Challenge, 86 Cup for, you know, the FRS, BRZ, uh, and now GT86. So you're just saying you're bringing Gran Turismo to the track. Pretty much. Yeah. Sounds like it. Yeah. yeah. So um, so that's, you know, for Speed Ventures. Um, mostly in Southern California, but in April, I'll be at Coda for okay. three days. And then at the end of June, beginning of July, we also have three days at Laguna Seca. Oh, right. So, yeah, and that's always a good time. Bring yeah. out your big mufflers. That's the yeah. track I've always wanted yeah. to drive on. That would be that's that's like a whole that's a that's like a bucket list. You track. should bring the Mercedes out, man. Oh yeah, but you know, Laguna Seca, the corkscrew is not ready you know, for three thousand pounds of no power. Cal Sport Bike runs a oh yeah track school over there with S one thousands. That sounds just pants mm. crappingly terrifying. Mm. See, I I was gonna say another word and I rolled it back. Good work, Cal. <laughs> that's right. Uh, yeah, no, that seems terrifying. Speaking of of the. Um, yeah, like the circle track, like stock car things. Um, I've been obsessed. So on the other podcast that James and I used to do, I had uh, one of the last guests that I had was Sam Smith. And he and I geeked out for about an hour after the recording about this this article he did for Road and Track where one of the guys on staff bought an X road race spec, uh, road course spec NASCAR for like 10 grand. Yep. Yeah, they're, they're very cheap, especially yeah. if you buy them as a rolling chassis. Right. And then put your drivetrain in it. Yeah. I mean, it's... You it can... was like complete. It had seen like two races and it was, yes, it was like 10 grand. Yeah, I mean, essentially that's like a season. Yeah. With two races. Right. You know. I expect he found it in the back of the Sunday edition newspaper. Oh, I'm sure. I, I have no idea. But Small like, print. He's saying he's, that one of the things that was really exciting is like, yeah, you know, they, they design the, uh, the, the A-arms, for example. Those are designed to last for five seasons. Yeah. What? You know, those cars are very, very durable. Yeah. And even yeah. like brake pads are cheap for them. Everything. Wheels and tires are cheap like, for them. It's a the, very affordable car to race, the minus best, the fuel bill. The yeah. best shocks in the world that you could buy for for one of those cars, he's like, it's like 500 bucks a corner. Yeah. yeah. And that's better than what they would race with. <laughs> like, 
over the counter at your local Napa. I, it, the whole thing, I, like, I just, the, the wheels started turning. I'm like, how could I street park? Ex NASCAR. I know breaking NASCAR. Just get it. Just get it titled in some other state besides California. Arizona. Yeah, there's there's no laws there. Just make sure you have mirrors because you'll probably get pulled over and you need to make sure everything checks out. I think I still have um, an illicit P.O. box in Valdez, Alaska. (laughs) So (laughs) from another podcast venture? No, no. That's from me being super sketchy in my 20s and wanting to get out of my cell phone contract. And I was like, Sprint doesn't have service in Alaska. I can fix this, and so. So, how did you set that up remotely, or did you buy a ticket to Valdez? No, no. Just I just have a up. friend who is like a line cook in Valdez, who's one of the <laughs> sketchiest people I've ever known. Bless his tiny heart. And I was like, "Hey, man, if I give you twenty bucks, you want to go set up a post office box for me?" It's like, "Oh man, yeah." So, okay. I wonder what sort of mail is sitting in there waiting I, for I've you. Never, I want to know. Is it like junk mail from Probably. like? Just for the Valdez area? just a series of sprint bills for like 15 years. I don't know, man. You've been doing a lot of motorcycle stuff. It might be a second road crafter just sitting up there waiting for you. That's probably what it is. You never know. We should should ride to Alaska just to check the PO box. That's a great idea. Excellent idea. (laughs) That'd be amazing. The best idea. That sounds like wear shorts the whole time. (laughs) Why'd you ride to Alaska? I had to check my mail. Yeah. 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 Check the PO box once every couple decades. Please let me know if you're doing this because I'm going to ship something super unwieldy to your PO box in Alaska. Gonna wait for you there. Oh, so It'll be like the old this... Top Gear bit where they buy yeah, oh, yeah. paintings. Yeah, I'm so glad that that <laughs> Nick shipped me this concrete yard lion <laughs> to, to my PO box four, in Valdez, Alaska. Four foot lawn gnome. Yes. Anyway, um, I don't even know what we were talking about. Uh, but yeah, okay. So speed so, ventures. Speed ventures. Tell me about. Tell me about Valdez. I like to bring it back because I'm familiar with the festivals. Yep. Because uh, I mean, I've seen Which the coverage is, from when people know. think grid life. That's what they actually think, yeah. right? So, and that's and that's really what we try and push. So, sure. um, grid life was started. I think the first event was in 2014, um, but the company has been running events under different names and things like that since 2003, 2004. So, Chris Stewart's actually the founder. Uh, okay. I think he's done a couple couple podcasts. Um, out there. So if you're interested, just search Gridlife Podcast and you can probably find it and, and hear his story. I think there's a flight now future for the Gridlife Podcast. Yeah, I, actually, I really, really want to go to the Road Atlanta one. Mm-hmm. I've been to Michigan before, and that's a hard pass for me. So, so I hear that the Michigan <laughs> Festival is really the one to go yeah, to. Yeah, and in summer in Michigan is actually very, very nice. Um, so our our big festival that has been going on, this will be the fifth year for it, mm-hmm. is what we call Midwest Festival. Um, traditionally it's been three days long this year. We finally extended it to four days. So it'll be a four day long event. Um, and everybody camps out. We have live music. Uh, there's a car show component. There's also a full HPDE or high performance driver's education event going on. Mm -hmm. Uh, this year, I think we have almost 150 time attack cars signed up as well. Wow. Uh, and then there's also full course drifting. So earlier today we were talking to some of the guys that actually come out, um, and we have pros that'll actually come out and, and hang out yeah. and drift. And at night they're out partying in the campgrounds. Um, so it's really cool. You know, it, it makes the drivers, the pro drift drivers very accessible. Um, but the, the whole goal for it that Chris kind of envisioned, you know, Chris likes to tell it. He had a bunch of friends that were into drifting in Chicago or car shows in Chicago or track stuff in Chicago, but they would never really mingle. Mm-hmm. But they were all car guys, and he knew that they would all get along. So he developed, you know, the idea for Grid Life probably around 2011, 2012. Don't quote me on that. Um, but it was one of those things that he finally brought to life 
in 2014. Okay. And it's kind of funny to say now, but originally some of us, when he first told us about it, we were like, no, that'll never work. You know, <laughs> that like, sounds like, you know, like way, way before anything was even Wait, like, that sounds like yeah. the greatest idea ever. Yeah. yeah. But you know, it's hard to envision it actually working until you actually see it happen. But mm-hmm. Chris, Chris had the vision to know that it would work. Kyle, I'm so, surprised that that Fago wouldn't drive you to Michigan. I have a real soft spot for rock and rye that I'm ashamed of because I've only been to Michigan two times, but it's a real thing. It's delicious. I, I can't know. I can't get enough. So Michigan is June? Yeah. Uh, it'll be four days yeah. near the beginning of June. I don't have my calendar and, in front uh, of me right now, but... We're, I've been thinking about coming out in official capacity, so we're talking to Grid Life about being more involved with their events. I really like what they're doing Rad. and supplying some coffee for them. And everyone, if you talk to people that go to both events, they're like, oh man, Midwest. And I had the same reservations about Michigan as you, Yeah, but I've been swayed by, by many people. And it, Atlanta's I've getting been, there. I've just always wanted to go to Road Atlanta. Uh, you should come. You should certainly come to Road Atlanta as well. Yeah. If um, that I went last year and I thought that was super yeah. cool. But, I think uh, eventually you'll see the Road Atlanta event will be the premiere event but yeah. it, it's gonna take a while last year was only our second sure, year it, sure. this year will be our third year for it's Road tough in Road Atlanta geographically so one of the appeals I guess to the Midwest show is that uh, or the Midwest festival uh, is that everything's pretty uh, consolidated and Road Atlanta is a big track with a lot of elevation change and, sure. a, and a huge facility so you get sort of spread out and I think everyone at Midwest is more the Midwest one is that that's is that Gingerman? Gingerman yeah Gingerman yeah. Raceway okay yep. huh so, but it's it's a lot of fun. Um, it's a lot of work as well. Uh, I don't do nearly as much work as some of the the rest of the team does. I kind of okay, so have the, the right. cushy job. You're doing I, right. yeah. you tell us. I run yeah. the beginner classroom stuff um, and help Kyle, run grid a little exactly bit and get to announce the time attack stuff. But you know, there's a lot of other people that work way, way, way harder than I do. And uh, hats off to those guys. They're the ones that really, really make it work. Well, hats for off sure. to you, Austin, for not working as hard. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. I mean, I could have took your hat off, and I, I knew, looking at you, that guy doesn't work as hard as anybody else <laughs> on this team. Flowing mane that he has under that hat. You've got hard chiller written yeah. all right across oh, your yeah. forehead. Yeah. Yeah. That's just the way it goes, man. That's true. Although, although when we are running events, I do tend to work pretty hard. Excellent. Yeah. So... I have a feeling that might and, be the and, case. And work might be might not be the word. Um, making decisions that affect other people, uh, you know, especially after the fourth day of three hours of sleep, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. to where you've gotten twelve hours yeah. of sleep uh, in a four day period, it starts wearing on you a lot. Makes sense. So related to that, this is something I'm kind of curious about. You know, there's that, that saying like, you know, do what you love, and you'll never work a day in your life. Like, I think most of us do what we love or we're at least in the orbit of something that we love with our work like do you guys feel like which camp are you in are you in the um you know in that camp or are you in the you know do what you love and then you won't love anything what it's interesting i think does that that go i i think that both can definitely be true so uh you could easily work at a thing uh motorcycles for example i i worked uh running service shops for European motorcycle uh, dealers for eight years or so. And by the end of it, I was pretty burnt out on living and breathing motorcycles. Sure. And mm-hmm. uh, I've taken a little break now and, and want to get want to get back to it. It sort of rekindled the interest. But Got your groove back? Yeah. Um, you can burn it out if you're not careful, but I think the difference is doing what we're all fortunate enough to do now. We get to do it a little bit on our own terms. And mm-hmm. I think as um, I think all of us probably have diverse interests. There's things that make us tick beyond just the cars or the bikes or the, or, and I, it's important, I think, to have a little balance. Sure. For me, 
Uh, so it might mean that I'm, you know, trying to build a coffee table for my wife one weekend and I'm fixing a, a, fixing something the next, or, you know, this coffee project is super fun and exciting to kind of work on sourcing and, mm -hmm. and developing the best coffees we can. And like, if I have a variety of projects, I'm quite happy. But if I have just the one thing that dominates my time, um, sometimes I run out of gas. So sure. Austin. I mean, for me, I've had some good corporate sales jobs in the past, mostly in automotive and really enjoyed them. But it was always one of those things that for me, answering to somebody else that might not necessarily have the same views um, that you have as far as the way things need to be run um, makes kind of a, a difference for me. Uh, I've also recently kind of stepped back and had some insightful moments. Mm -hmm. And I realized I'm, I'm good at leading followers, but I'm not good at following a leader. I'm just not. You know, it's just the way that I've always been cut out. I'm just, I'm not cut out for the corporate world. Sure. I've tried it on three separate occasions and it just doesn't work for me. But I, during that time, I always found that the people that I got along with best in the business world were the ones that had similar interest. Um, you know, so when I worked for a tire manufacturer, I'd go into a, a tire shop and I, you know, if I found a, a guy that was into performance driving or autocrossing or just knew a lot about the same type of vehicles that I liked, I really clicked with that with that person. Mm -hmm. And slowly through working grid life events, um, you know, I'm, I'm not much of a morning person. Um, if I don't have anything to do for the day, I'll wake up around 830, 9 o'clock. Sure. But if there's an event going on, even when I was back when I was driving, you know, I would be up 5, 6 a.m. easy, mm -hmm. no problem. So, you know, I started realizing that just being at a racetrack or being around fun car stuff that I liked was really a motivating factor for me to, to get up. So, you know, started realizing through running different events and things like that, that that's really what, what kind of powered me. Okay. You know, and I probably make half the amount of money that I used to sure. with my corporate jobs, but I am infinitely happier. So Respect for me, that. for me, that's, that's how it, it kind of worked out. All right. James, I, I think I'm curious about about you because unlike the rest of us, you are a functional member of society, an yeah. adult with dignity, self-respect, yeah. and uh, a beautiful home. Uh, but you also don't you you don't do your car stuff full time. No, like you you have a real job. I do, but on the same on the same at the same time, you did take this love of cars and you kind of bootstrapped yourself into having a website and getting press cars and doing all this stuff. And Yeah, I mean, I've definitely put the 10,000 hours in, that's yeah. for sure, into that uh, into that dream of being where I am, being able to drive that. Yeah. So, How, like, tell, tell, well, yeah. Tell us about the balance for you. Like, what's that? Oh, it's it's not so much the balance for me. It's more the balance for my other half who's been very supportive in that endeavor for me to be able to get to where I am on that stretch. I mean... There's lots of hours that I put in and that other people around me help to put in that it's certainly don't not interested in some of the stuff that I'm doing that, that mm -hmm. really help out in that front. Um, I mean, it's it's a real difficult. I mean, sometimes you'd be like the website, it'd be like the stuff that's annoying, and yet, but it's my website and that's not my corporate thing, so I could take a break from it if it was getting too much. I mean, I certainly took the the idea of I was wanting to do it while I enjoy it, and if I didn't enjoy it, then I'm going to take a step away from it because I don't want it to get to a point where I'm having to do it to survive. Sure. Because that's when it gets a turn from so good. It can, I'm pretty sure everything can turn quickly from being I'm loving this, I'm loving this, I'm loving it. I'm not doing it for the reason I want anymore and I'm hating it and mm -hmm. I don't want to get to that point. Hmm. All right. That's why I try and keep it real, you know? Keep it so real. I so feel like when I heard you interviewing Valentino 
Balboni mm-hmm. in Love the that passenger guy. seat of a Lamborghini. Balboni Lamborghini, yes. Yeah. At, you know, he's Pebble. got his he's got a picture of himself th- on standing in front of the Balboni Lamborghini on his plastic business card, which is in no way wrong. It's the greatest it's thing. The best thing. The best thing, even better thing about it though, is he's holding his Balboni exhausts. Yeah. In front yeah, of, of his Balboni. Yeah. 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 There's layers. Um, I when I heard that, I was like, well, James has arrived. It's living the dream. I've made it. I mean, what, what more did I want in life? Yeah. Balboni. Yeah. I, Mr. Balboni, could you rev the Lamborghini for us? <laughs> of course, that's all you want to do. I mean, that's that's what else you want to ask for. I mean, yeah, you get just, to a point where you meet a, a hero. It's a great And you're like, time. where else could you work? Where else was a better yeah. place to see him apart from maybe driving in Italy in a Balboni? Yeah. And he's he's like, and, and having met him too, like he, he's so not disappointing. He is exactly <laughs> what you want. Completely. Bal- as, like, he turns out he's Valentino Balboni in real life yeah, too. All the time. Yeah. 120 percent yeah it's fantastic and so and thanks for all the hard work that i've done i've had some pretty good opportunities yeah. in my before my previous podcast and i hope to keep that up in this new podcast and Absolutely. see where we go with it from now it's it's i mean it's really an interesting time where you can put the work in to develop something like this and then it bears fruit and it's all thanks to the internet and yeah the, and the eight to twelve people out there currently listening it's, yeah it's really rewarding creating something out of nothing you know, the, yes. the motorsports director for grid life and i run a podcast and we've been doing it for for quite a while now and don't really get anything in return but the networking is awesome and it's it's fun just to get together with your friends and talk yeah, about and common that, interests that's yeah, the key is sure. it's a good place to get to you get to one meet people so the networking portion and you get to hang out with friends like we get nick back on well yeah. the first time he's been on but we've met nick and we carl and i like yeah, we've, carl we've, we've been threatening nick with the podcast for like a year a now it's been quite a while <laughs> yeah and i dragged uh, austin here yeah and, and so here we all are which i appreciate thank you yeah yeah, yeah. and carl awesome. we've got to go back to you now Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> here's, the, here's the thing. Break it on down for us, Cal. Yeah. <laughs> Preach the choir. Preach the choir. Hold on to your butts. Uh, no, I mean, I was always, like, I wanted to be, like, I've always worked around cars. Always. Like, with a brief, like, segue for, like, a year after I dropped out of college to be a baker, which was real weird. It was a weird time in my life. Wait, like um, a like a bread baker yeah. or like a Venice baker? Oh, like a, like a bread baker. The, okay. There was a stage okay. okay. about being a butcher and the candlestick so maker, but yeah. the baker won out. Yeah, I, left, yeah, I worked in a French bakery in Bainbridge Island I because to that's the kind of life I, yeah. I live. But um, when it rains all the time, you just do weird stuff. Yeah, you do. You drink beer and you bake <laughs> bread. It's it make was, candles. You know, yeah. Did you make beer bread though? That's the question. Did not. No. Did not. You didn't no. like ever spill any didn't by accident. It and I it spilled it beer directly bread? into my face hole. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and other than that, like I've, I've always worked around cars, and I've never. I'm kind of not fit for any other kind of work because right. I I don't. I'm so bad at doing anything that I'm not interested in because I'm a garbage human. So <laughs> only sometimes, yeah. Kyle, let's give you some credit. That's sometimes fair. you know, I yeah. can relate. I think I think many of us uh, feel the same. Yeah, but now you are a legitimate automotive journalist. Well, like, you better watch to throw around these L words. Like, they no, it's the truth. Yeah, no, it's. I mean, again, like it's one of those I see your too, name on the internet. I do have a byline. There you go. Yeah, no, it's it's weird because it's yeah. All of a sudden, like I feel like things things are serious. Like I have this job that I've always wanted. You know, like six years ago, I was delivering press cars as I was like trying to finish my stupid um, uh, photography degree. And uh, I decided like, why don't I, I, I want to get the cars. I don't want to deliver the cars. I want them to be coming to me. And, and then now that kind of happened. Yeah, we were just having a conversation earlier about journalistic integrity. Yeah, what's that? Who, who knew? <laughs> yeah, we would be here. Yeah. But 
yeah, other than that, like, yeah, it's really, like, it's rewarding. It's interesting. Like, the people that I meet are phenomenal. You know, like, I, I it's very rare that you meet someone who sucks if they, like, actually, unless they, you know, are just doing it to do it. Like, most of the people that I meet care about what they do. Yeah. And, and, like, they're, they're stoked on it. And if they're stoked on it, then, like, that is, you know, that, that radiates. And, you know, you get caught up in it. You get caught in the mosh, as they say. And by they, I mean anthrax. And, um... <laughs> And, and yeah, like it's, it's, it's awesome. Like I, I did get kind of burnt out for a while, I guess, you know, uh, with cars, like I love them, but I mean, an old Mercedes will do that to you as well. It will suck the oh, life yeah. out of, it is a yeah. succubus. Yeah. She's beautiful. Yeah. You buy an old Mercedes as a young man and you quickly become an old man. Yeah, sure. I thought I was Mercedes. ready. I'd, yeah. I've owned old Volvos <clears throat> and old Alfa Romeos and and uh, uh, BMWs and I've had I've I, you know I've lived well and I think I think the burnout portion of it though is is something that a lot of us can relate to and is pretty common like mm-hmm. for me I did so much track driving that for a little bit I didn't even want to go to the track yeah you know and then same thing with like the podcast that we run there's days where I'm just like man I don't want to talk to anybody for the show today yeah for but sure you persevere through it and you fix that you end up where you are yeah. we'll see what I did I just got into motorcycling and that fixed everything. Yep. yep. Because it is the most joyous and and wonderful thing yeah. in, in the whole world. And everything in the mo- everyone in the motorcycle community is such a zealot for motorcycles. Oh so my you're god! Al- you're almost like, is this? Yeah. Like, are you are you evangelizing me? And, like, no, that's the I, thing. What's, yeah, everybody's. <laughs> what's really cool yeah. to me about motorcycles is that you're you're kind of part of this crew. And even though you might not have the same exact interests and the same kinds of motorcycles, right. you're still respected. Like by you're still the my others. kind of weirdo. Yeah. You know, like, like you might be on a cruiser, yeah. I might be on an ADV bike, but you're still kind of nuts. But automotive enthusiasts, you know, you see videos all the time of these guys like rolling coal all over these people in their convertibles that are clearly car people too. Yeah. You know, so it's obviously the motorcycling industry and community is a lot smaller. But I also feel like there's a lot more respect there for each other than yeah. you get in the automotive Except industry. Except for those guys with the helmet mohawks. What's up with those guys, right? There's nothing wrong with those, man. No, uh, Mine's my just, real I'm hair. You gotta wait till you get the helmet <laughs> mohawk and the um like the, the, the red turtle Super Mario backpack oh, at yeah. the same time while wearing shorts. I like how motorcycling also has a, and the squid vest I has a fashion vest. component that's oh, sort yeah. of because you're sitting on the bike and you're quite visible. So uh, when I started riding, I bought a sweet '97 GSXR mm. S Rad, oh, nice oh, yeah. 600, the, 750, with the big bubble butt, the 600, mm-hmm. uh, yellow was, and purple. I wasn't, I wasn't balling at that time. No, it was uh, it was the white and okay. blue okay. and okay. orange. All right. And I thought that the cool thing to do would definitely be to get that matching like reflective silver blue and orange speedy jacket with the absolutely with the stripes i, I think it's great and right now. i looked like an extra in that in that uh, vanilla ice movie but all did all <laughs> cool my friends ice. did what, too what do you want to be there that's yeah. two cool as ice yeah. references in and a podcast so, we're crushing it i mean you can you can look back at those pictures and go wow and then now today i'm sure in another five years everyone will be like i can't believe i had those valentino rossi highlighter yellow boots and and gloves yeah. uh but it's it's like unlike cars where you're physically you're changing the appearance of the car. There's this extra component to motorcycling, sure. which is the gear that people get to nerd out on. Yeah, you're yeah, like and that's super fun. Yeah, you're like the the farkling for yeah, the motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. It's it's even more yeah. exactly. Well, like too, like now you can also like make the the unchoice of like trying to not look like you're wearing motorcycle gear, right. which is like that's my whole. Yeah, thing. which is where I'm going to next. Yeah, so I'll be buying some boots and a jacket that is very similar to. 
Right. Not like, thankfully, gear. I don't have to worry about any of this. Not no. yet. James, you coming. can buy low-key motorcycle gear and just rock it subversively while He's driving cars. He's got a jacket. Cars. I've got a jacket. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. yeah, I wear it often. And people always ask, "What kind of bike do you have?" You should start carrying a helmet around too. Yeah, no <laughs> one will ask you for any more information <laughs> yeah. than that. And just like make sure you like, you just have like your your the palms on your motorcycle gloves that you are also carrying with you. Make yeah. sure they're real scuffed up. Just be like, I was going twelve o'clock in my grom. Yeah, I mean they are my BMX gloves that I have, but that's close mm. enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, well, I think that's a pretty good place to wrap up. Yeah, because. Sure. We're enthusiasts, and yeah. we're, we're, you know, that's but a I thing. But I think we're enthused. We need to have them both back on at separate times, so one, we can talk more about coffee brewing. Yeah. And two, sure. how to get that better lap time down, or maybe even what to prepare your car before going to the track. That's a good idea. Absolutely. But the best thing is, we'll get one to do one and one to the other. Who yeah, knows I was going to say, gonna like, be? I know a lot about coffee. Exactly. Austin's actually a pretty big coffee nerd. I think you'll get more about going fast from yeah. him than me. Well, if we have more days of training, you know, yeah. who knows? It's true. A couple more trips That's out. That's true. So Austin and I are on a, a skill set exchange program wherein I provide the coffee education and Austin provides the driving education. We're yeah, still trying to figure out the correlation between what kind of coffee and how much of it I've drank and the lap times. Oh, that's true. Mm. We're working we on, work that. on that. We're working on that. We're working on that. I would go. I would go a medium amount of a light roast. Yeah, because you're still feeling light. You got a lot of caffeine. You're perky. You know, it's not like you had a real dark roast where it's real like smoky fruit flavors and things. I think that's the way to go. I guess it depends on what kind of car you're driving. Coffee, coffee that's and, true. Coffee and car pairings. I'm yeah. just thinking about doing more the. the learning about the coffee and doing the taste test and doing the beads some while you're on the track. Yeah, we could do some, we could do some cupping. We could totally cupping. do that. Yeah. And I, I have done a podcast um, from a Honda Fit while driving it okay. around the track. If we See? could in some way get a, Ooh, like can a we brew? 7 Series or an S-Class, we could brew in the back, taste in the front. Done. I think that's a really think good that's, idea. That's a, that sounds like a t-shirt. <laughs> so if anyone... Brew in the back. If we had three grand, we could buy an S-Class or a 7 so Series. We could, we could, oh, yeah. so that'd be the taste just, wall out. Just like Tavares. Out. Yeah. Be like, be tens like the, or, the mobile beeline coffee tasting yeah. lab. Uh, tens or teens of listeners that we've got out there at this point in time. If you want to let us borrow that BMW, yeah. take it to the track. We could always Turo one too. Hey, oh, there we true. go. That's true. Uh, yeah. Well, well thanks, thanks a ton for having us on, guys. Yeah, so appreciate thank you for it. taking time, time out of your, your trip and your week. to. We can't to let you go without plugging yourselves. No, that was, that was my next step. That oh, sounded Kyle. dirty. Yeah. Well, the, the <laughs> different kind of things. <laughs> yeah. It's another podcast. So yeah, where where where, where would uh, if somebody wanted to find and purchase? Yeah, because that's the important thing, Carl. Since you buy manly, somebody side wanted to spend coffee. some of their hard-earned shekels on on the things that you do for a living, they would go to BeelineCoffee.com or they would go to our Instagram page at Beeline Coffee, and mm-hmm. they would find us there and mm-hmm. click through and order coffee, which we would then roast and ship to them as as quickly as we could manage. Super heckin' yeah. fresh. Yeah, that's absolutely. And I'm if, quite partial to the Overland blend. That's my favorite so far. I think the Weisses would appreciate you saying that. It's a very, well, I like that it has a Land Rover on it. Yeah. I liked it when it had um, an FJ40 on it. On it yeah. I'm, we're I'm about, we're about to switch it up again. So. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, what's next? What's you'll next? See, and so if R32, or R, 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 uh, RB26 <laughs> Nissan Patrol. It's going to be a, a Lancia Stratos. Nice. Oh, nice. That'll nice. be awesome. And then we're looking at track days. Where do we need to go to? Um, so for Speed Ventures, it's super simple. Just uh, speedventures.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Grid Life, it's grid.life. And then the track focus podcast that my buddy Adam Jabay and I run uh, is called Slip Angle. No space. Um, Slip Angle Show. And you can find that at tracktune.com slash slip angle. Awesome. And and before we, we just, I, you know, in addition to that, if somebody wanted to go and take their track, their, their car to the track for the first time, what would they need to go and do that? Because you don't want to show up, you know, 
You don't want to roll out. You want to roll in yeah. there naked. It's actually it's very very simple. Um, for the most part, just make sure that there is a, a decent amount of tread on the tires. They don't have to be brand new. Um, they can even be all seasons. It really doesn't matter. Um, it's a good tires? idea to make sure. I guess you could do snow tires if you wanted Since to. Since you found it out today, if you yeah. wanted to, yeah. The okay. the Boxster that we had had snow tires on the rear, which made Excellent. things very interesting. It's time for a rip up um, ACH then. But it's it's a lot easier to get on track than people realize. You know. Yeah. We actually, we have one of my friends, uh, Promo, he, he drives sometimes at Red Life at Road Atlanta. He, in the past, has rented a minivan uh, and driven it in the unlimited all-wheel drive category. Excellent. So, you know, it really it doesn't take a whole lot. Really just a, a willingness to learn how to, how to drive on track. That's really the biggest thing. And maybe a helmet. Uh, we have helmets available for rent, actually, so oh, you don't even need go. to purchase one. No, you don't. Especially if you like lice. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm sure they spray them out with the bullying shoes. We do. We use, stuff we use molecule. Socks. We use Absolutely. molecule products and uh, wash the balaclavas and stuff like that. That's so excellent. that's important to do. Yes, very much so. James, where can people find you and all your fine work? Well, hopefully they can find us at No Breaking if they listen to this podcast for a start. No Breaking. That's right. And they can find me at No Breaking on Instagram and Facebook. But Kyle, where can the good listeners find your written work? Well, you would go to uh, theroadshow.com. That's, uh, you can find most of the stuff I write about there. You can uh, get all the obscure, stupid references and then see all the weird things I call Elon Musk. And then what about if they wanted to find out more about your cats? Uh, that'd be Instagram. Would okay. be, that's the point you want to go there. Really recently posted a, a heater of uh, my cat in a diaper and a homemade college sweater. I know. It was that a great was photo. strong post, yeah. It's pretty I like that one. I don't pull any punches, Nick. I live, I live my I life. I'm I living my truth. I see it, man. I see he's it. living his best yeah. life. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's at Kyle J Hyatt, and um, uh, I'm now contractually obligated to be on Twitter too. Uh, <laughs> so I'm at Kyle J Hyatt on Twitter as well. Excellent. With, I guess with that being the case, we can wrap up our first, but soon to be second podcast, but, but also still first, but then but then second, but also second. Yeah. Oh. Well, we're happy to be your first number. Two. two. Yeah, you never <laughs> you never forget your first, right? Or yeah, first or your two. second. Or your second. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's going in the show notes. I'm I'm telling you right now. That's that's my new favorite thing. Well, uh, thank you guys for tuning in to this new and unwieldy podcast. Yeah, make sure you tell all your friends because we need to get that ten listeners up to twenty listeners. Yeah, smash that like button. Exactly. That make sure you comment if you've got any questions or anything like that. Please hit us up on Instagram or Facebook. We listen to them all, and Carl might even write a nice reply. Uh, yeah, please email James personally. Send him physical mail at his address one two three four. No. Anyway, thanks, guys. Thanks a lot. And, thanks uh, so much, everyone. Bye-bye. We'll, we'll be back thanks. Thanks. another Adios. time.